queens, welcome to Dose of Deception with the queens of queens, Shannon and Emily. Join our true crime family where we discuss murders, missing persons cases, mysteries, and a whole lot of conspiracy theories. So stay tuned for the wild ride. Hey queens, welcome back to this week's episode of Dose of Deception. Before we get into it, in case you're a new listener to our show, we just want to let you know what we do here. In the first half, Emily comes in with a true crime case, whether it be a murder mystery or a missing persons case. And in the second half, I come in with a conspiracy theory that we discuss. I also just want to let you know about our different social media accounts. We have an Instagram at Dose of Deception and also a Facebook group at Dose of Deception. So, Emily, what are we talking about this week? So this week, we're going to be covering the disappearance of Bryce Les Pisa. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of him? No. This is one of my favorite missing persons cases. Ooh, okay. Um, it actually is like the male version of Maura Murray. Oh, and I loved that case. So Very interesting. That's a good one. I've actually been following it since I was a freshman in high school. Oh. Uh, and if you want to keep up with this case, and also with potential sightings of Bryce, I will link the Facebook group called Find Bryceless Pizza in the description box. Hmm. Uh, I've been part of the group for a while, and it's a place where his family can, you know, wish him happy birthday, mm-hmm. do all those, and then also talk about how they're still holding out hope for a safe return. Hmm. Um, it's also a place where people who believe they may have seen Bryce can post photos, and it actually spreads like wildfire. Wow. So even if it's not Bryce and it's another person, it's still good to get those photo- photos circulating. Yeah. Because maybe another missing person um, will be found. Yeah. So as much as I trash talk social media, these online communities are very helpful, especially for missing persons cases. Yeah. Now, Bryce was born on April 30th, 1994, and he was raised in Naperville, Illinois. Mm. A year prior to his disappearance, Bryce's family moved to Laguna Niguel, which is in the southern part of California, and Bryce was enjoying the warm weather and laid-back California lifestyle. Bryce went missing on August 30th, 2013, when he was 19 years old. This is, like, recent, recent. Recent, yeah. Mm. So it's interesting, because this case... I mean, it's like a cold case. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because there's so many cameras everywhere. You'd think that that right, would have California. helped solve it. Yeah. Exactly. So it, this is a very fascinating case. Mm. And his birthday passed on April 29th, and his loved ones made a happy 27th birthday post mm-hmm. in the Facebook group that I mentioned before. Bryce was going into his sophomore year in college, and he had just spent the entire summer with his parents. Their family was very close. Uh, his parents actually said that he was their best friend. Oh. And they described their son as an open book and said, quote, he would talk to Mike and I about any subject, an open book. We always say he got that from his mom because I am an open book, and it was always just very easy. Mm. And this is remarkable, considering his age. Right. Uh, and also, True. when you go away to college, I feel like a lot of people's relationships with their parents change. Maybe yeah. their beliefs change, so they start growing apart, mm-hmm. or other relationships take precedence. Yeah. And I know a lot of, I hear a lot of people say this, that when their kid goes away to college, they never come back. I feel like yeah. it's a popular saying. As, and it's hard to keep communication up where you go from, you literally see them every single day, exactly. so you don't see them for months at a time. Yeah, but with Bryce, it was the complete opposite. Mm. They said that he grew closer with his parents mm. every year. Now, since it was the end of August, he was heading back to Sierra College, where he was studying industrial and graphic design. And Sierra College was a seven-hour drive from his parents' place in Laguna. Mm-hmm. So it, was, it wasn't like they could just get in the car and go get their yeah. son. They would have had to either drive seven hours or take a flight there. Mm-hmm. And throughout his whole life, Bryce was a very well-balanced person. In college, he did like to party, but never excessively. And he had very good grades, so it would never affect, you know, his, his school. Mm-hmm. Bryce's parents, Mike and Karen, said that nothing out of the ordinary happened that summer. Which makes this case even stranger. Usually, some suspicious activity or incidents are reported before somebody vanishes. And even if Bryce's behavior was off a little bit, considering how close they were, I think his parents would be the first to notice. Mm -hmm. 
When Bryce returned to college, Mike and Karen began receiving strange phone calls from Bryce's girlfriend, Kim, and from his roommate, Sean. Mm -hmm. So Sean was actually his best friend, too. So it's not like they were just random roommates. They were very, very close. Mm -hmm. Although they could not wrap their heads around what was going on completely, Kim and Sean told Bryce's parents that he was behaving very oddly. They did not know how to label the behavior, but Sean and Kim were the two people closest to Bryce, and they just said he was not himself. Mm -hmm. So Mike and Karen were very surprised by this, because for 19 years of Bryce's life, nobody had ever reported abnormal behavior before, especially, like I said, the two people closest to their son. Yeah. Now, during the time of his disappearance, he was taking Vyvanse. He moved up to college weeks early to set up the room and get acquainted before classes began, and I believe that he was getting Vyvanse from people on campus so mm-hmm. that he'd be able to eventually pull all-nighters for school, yeah. but then still be able to have fun. Mm-hmm. And you went to college, so you know how easy it is to get yes. anything, really, if yeah. you need it. Um, yeah. It's not like you have to look for it or, no. or search for it. <laughs> and Sean told authorities that Bryce was definitely taking Vyvanse, and mm. that he had taken it and stayed up all night until the next morning to finish a video game. Mm. So, classes didn't start yet, so he was just taking it now. Okay, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, I mean, it's not super well, it's weird. A, he parties, but it doesn't affect his grades, and school hasn't even started yet, so yeah. it's, you know, exactly. to each their own. Of course, medication affects everybody differently, but one of the main side effects reported for Vyvanse users is enhanced anxiety, since it is much more powerful than Adderall. True. Although it does help you focus, people report that their hearts beat faster, they shake, and they're very anxious, especially during the come down as the medication is wearing off. Mm-hmm. So I know uh, my friend has ADD, and they were on Vyvanse and had to get off because it was just too strong for them. Yeah. So it's a lot stronger than Adderall. Mm-hmm. Um, so although most people do not have extreme reactions to Vyvanse, and there's no evidence that this was how Bryce felt, it was reported that he was not taking the medications at a set time every day. Mm. And being in college, he was drinking some days and okay. also mixing it with the medication. So Sean actually said that he was drinking about a handle of liquor a week. Mm-hmm. So this could definitely have played a key role into his strange personality yeah. change. Obviously, this is all speculation. Yeah. But that makes sense but that mix, like, can't be good. <laughs> Now, this is definitely something to take into consideration, especially in a disappearance this unusual with no evidence. Mm -hmm. But I was thinking about it. Bryce had only recently returned to college, and it was only August when he went missing. The entire summer before, like two and a half months, uh, his family did not notice any substance abuse issues or any strange behavior. So this makes me believe that possibly something more sinister had happened once he returned to college, Mm -hmm. and Bryce was running away from someone or something. Obviously, there's no evidence of this, yeah. but it is strange that his parents were with him the whole summer and didn't yeah, really Yeah, it's really anything. attached to whatever was going on in school. Yeah. I mean, still, maybe he's just really good at hiding everything from his parents, yeah. but considering how close they were, it yeah, seems like unlikely. They, noti- they would have noticed something. Yeah. But it was also the first few weeks back to college, and you know that that's when people party the hardest. Yeah. So it could have been some sort of psychotic break from a combination of lack of sleep, taking Vyvanse, maybe he was taking it really late one night and then the morning, so he was just not sleeping, he Mm -hmm. had enhanced anxiety, and it kind of just all combined Mm -hmm. and messed with his head. Yeah, possible. Even thinking about it, not sleeping for only two or three days, people can start hallucinating and stuff. So it's not too strange to think about. Yeah. Strangely, Sean noticed the first signs of Bryce's strange behavior when he gave away his Xbox to Sean. And as I mentioned before, he used that every day. He stayed up all night to play video games. Just for that, yeah. So he gave it to Sean with no real explanation. Mm. And he also gave away a pair of diamond earrings that were very important to his mother and that she had given him while she was away. Hmm. She loved these earrings and she trusted Bryce with them. So it's odd that he gave them to Sean instead of returning them to his mom. Yeah. Um, It's just a very strange thing to do. Mm Mm-hmm. After this incident, Bryce's girlfriend, who had been concerned with his behavior for a few days now, said that she received a text from Bryce that said, You're better off without me. Mm. Strange. 
Now, these strange occurrences began on August 27th, 2013, okay. which was only three or four days before he goes missing. Yeah. This is very weird to me because a lot of these cases, or even just if drug, if it was the Vyvanse that was affecting him, you'd think it would be a longer time period that it would all... Yeah. Like, his personality change happened in the span sudden. of three days. Yeah. It's so sudden. Mm-hmm. Now, this worried Kim because she immediately thought Bryce was planning to break up with her, or mm. worse, that he was planning to take his own life. Yeah. The way he worded that, she got very concerned. So this is when Kim calls Bryce's mom right away, and she tells her of his unusual behavior. Now, the day before Bryce goes missing, he went to Kim's house, and this was on August 29th. Kim said that as soon as he entered her home, everything just felt off. Once again, Kim called Bryce's mom, and during the phone call, Bryce actually took the phone and began talking with his mom. Bryce told Karen that he had broken up with Kim, and strangely, he said to his mother, I have been thinking about some things, and I have some things to tell you when I get home. Mm. He did not go into detail about what he meant by this, and immediately Karen was going to book a flight out to see him yeah. the next day because she was very worried. <laughs> yeah. Or actually that night, I think, she was going to mm-hmm. book it out. Bryce reassured his mom, and she trusted him and did not book the flight for that night. Mm. Now, I cannot imagine how she must have felt because I looked it up. It's 465 miles mm-hmm. from her house to the college. Yeah. So I feel like, I don't know, I can't imagine how helpless she felt in that situation. Mm-hmm. But luckily, Karen felt relieved when Bryce agreed to see her the following day. And she was going to book a flight for early that morning to come see him. Okay. He said he loved her and that he was going to leave Kim's place and drive back to his apartment now. Karen did not believe Bryce was well enough to drive, but she was not, you know, he wasn't super far from his own apartment. Mm-hmm. So she just wanted him to get home safe. It would only be a few minute drive. However, Kim also did not feel like he was well enough to drive. So she actually took his keys and would not give them back to him, mm-hmm. which only aggravated Bryce. Bryce's father, Mike, was also on the other end of the phone call. And Bryce explained to him that he broke up with Kim and that she would not give the keys back. And Mike notes how frustrated Bryce sounded. And after talking to him for a few more minutes, the three of them agreed to give his keys back. Um, They said their goodbyes, hung up the phone, and Bryce set out back to his place. Mm. Despite them putting their trust in Bryce's words, he did not go back to his apartment that night. The following morning, a representative from State Farm, who was the family's insurance company, called Mike and Karen and left a voicemail informing them that roadside assistance had serviced Bryce's car that morning at 9 a.m. because he called them when he ran out of gas. So what went on overnight when he left Kim's place until 9 a.m.? And why did he say he was going back to his apartment, but he was actually driving in the opposite direction of his apartment when Mm. State Farm got to him? Let's try to figure it out. Luckily, Karen had Bryce's location shared with her, which is very smart. Mm -hmm. Uh, And when she checked it, she noticed that Bryce had been sitting in his car in the middle of nowhere for hours. Mm. Bryce's credit card had one charge on it, made in Button Willow, California. And Karen and Mike were even more confused because they did not know anyone who lived there. And when I Google mapped it, the distance from Bryce's college to Button Willow was four hours. So this was completely out of the way, and he didn't really have a reason to be there. Yeah. However... They did see that he was driving in the direction of his parents' house, so mm. they thought that potentially he was planning to drive all the way home and maybe got tired and yeah. pulled over uh, to take a nap or something. So Bryce had the service at 9 a.m., and the man who worked for roadside assistance, his name was Christian. Mm-hmm. And after hearing the voicemail about it, his parents called Christian and asked if Bryce seemed off. And Christian said that he was completely fine when he dropped the gas off at 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. Christian decided to drive back to where he helped Bryce, and this was at noon, so this would be three hours later. Okay. He was shocked to see that Bryce was still sitting in the same exact place, completely still, just doing nothing. So Christian called Karen and said that Bryce's eyes were a little red, but it didn't look like he was on anything. It just seemed like he was a bit tired. Yeah. Um, But he was not exhibiting any strange behavior. Okay. And then Christian gave the phone to Bryce so that he'd be able to talk to his parents. Okay. Luckily, Karen was able to speak with Bryce again. 
And when she asked him what he was doing, Bryce nonchalantly replied, nothing. <laughs> Karen was so confused, and she told him that he was only three hours away from home, and he got gas three hours ago, too, so he could have easily made it back to the house. Mm -hmm. Bryce agreed and said that he would arrive home at 3 p.m. now. Okay. Since it was only three hours away, Karen... Obviously, she didn't want him driving, right. but for her to get to him, it would have been the same amount of right. time. Right, he's going to be sitting on the side of the road then, like, either exactly. way. Like, it's not good. So they were still very worried about Bryce, but they figured if they kept in touch with him throughout his trip, he would get back safe, and then they could deal with whatever issues he was facing. Yeah, I would literally say stay on the phone for the next three hours. Yeah, me too. As he was driving, his mom continued to call him at least a dozen times, mm -hmm. she was thinking like you, uh, to keep checking on him and just yeah. stay in touch. Unfortunately, all calls went to voicemail and Bryce did not answer her. Six hours go by and Bryce's family once again track his phone. Strangely, they saw that Bryce had only moved forward eight miles from where he was when roadside assistance checked on him at 9am. Mm -hmm. Since his parents were still far away, they decided to send a police officer to check on Bryce since they would get there faster. Mm -hmm. When the officer arrived, the first thing they did was give Bryce a sobriety test, and Bryce passed with flying colors. The officer determined that he was completely sober, and they also went on to search his vehicle for any drugs, alcohol, or paraphernalia, and they found absolutely nothing. He was answering their questions coherently, and the officer told Karen that Bryce really was just fine and sober. So that's interesting, because a lot of people said maybe he, when we go back to the whole Vivan situation, Maybe he was taking that, but that wasn't mm -hmm. found in his vehicle either. Yeah. So it is kind of So at least at the time, strange. he wasn't on it. Yeah. Initially, when I first heard about this case, I thought that maybe Bryce was drunk or on something, and he was waiting to drive, sleep it off, or just mm -hmm. wait it off, because he didn't feel comfortable driving under the influence. And that was the only thing that I could think of, of why he would be sitting there for, at yeah. this point, it's at least 10 hours that he's been yeah. sitting there. But when I learned that he was completely sober, Bryce's case becomes even stranger. Mm-hmm. The officer made Bryce call his parents once again, which he did not really want to do. Um, pretty much the officer said he had to force Bryce to call them. And just like the other times, Bryce gave his parents a new time that he'd be home. When Bryce once again failed to arrive home, Mike and Karen sent Christian from roadside assistance to him. And Christian said that he was still in the same exact spot. And by this time, at least 13 hours had passed and Bryce had not moved. What's going on? He's got to eat. Like, what's going on? I know. It's a crazy thing. And also, a lot of people blame Mike and Karen for not going, driving to him. But, I mean, I understand that, you know, obviously they know now mm -hmm. they could have done more. Especially that he was in the same spot for 13 hours. Right. But, I mean, they assume that he would have been moving the whole time. Yeah. So, I, you know, don't go blaming them. They obviously are dealing with... Yeah, I still don't think it's their fault. Should no. they have probably driven down? Yeah, sure. But, like, hindsight's twenty twenty. Like. Yeah. And it's just a weird situation. You you don't assume that he's going to be sitting there for 13 hours. Right. But I would say, though, like, at this point, he's sat there and not moved three times that you've checked yeah. up on him. Maybe after the second time, he's clearly not going anywhere. You mm -hmm. might as well just go and try to meet him somewhere. Yeah. Now, this time, Christian sent Bryce in the direction of his parents' home. He actually made him drive because he wasn't <laughs> yeah. moving. And Christian drove behind him, following him for a long time until he felt that Bryce was good on his own. Right. At um, this point, Christian probably doesn't want to go meet him for a third time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> His parents were relieved because they could finally see his location moving in their direction. Yeah. And they truly believed that this time he'd be arriving home and they mm -hmm. can figure out what was going on with their son. Yeah. Christian called Karen and said that Bryce was driving fine. He wasn't swerving. Mm -hmm. He was definitely sober when he was driving. Mm -hmm. And he appeared very normal. 
and his parents were relieved, and luckily, Christian made sure that Bryce's phone was on and charged before yeah. he left, so that they'd be able to get in touch with him, and also they'd be able to ping his phone. Mm-hmm. Good on this guy. This guy's definitely going above and beyond what definitely. his job description would be. <laughs> yeah, he, they said he drove behind him for a long time, yeah. and then he pulled off eventually. Mm. But yeah, he... Go Christian. Yeah. <laughs> so now Bryce's ETA was 3.25 a.m. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. <laughs> he was really sitting on the side of the road all day. Originally, 9 a.m. he was supposed to be there at 12. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they gave him the gas at 9 a.m., and this is wow. almost 24 hours later. Mm-hmm. Around 12.30 a.m., Bryce stops at a gas station, and he buys a soft drink, and he also got more gas. Mm-hmm. So this was on uh, CCTV footage. Mm-hmm. They saw him. Karen calls him about 20 minutes later, but Bryce does not pick up. At 1.50 a.m., Mike and Karen finally get in touch with Bryce again. He was being really short with his responses, and they said that he sounded kind of frustrated, and he told Karen that he was driving home on the I-5. He took a short detour, but now he was back on the I-5. Mm-hmm. Mike asked Bryce to describe what was around him in hopes of figuring out which area he was in now, but Bryce said it was too dark to see anything. Mike then asked Bryce what signs he's passing, but Bryce said that there were no signs. Now, this makes me think that he was not on the I-5, because... yeah. Major if he was, yeah, signs. if he was on there, there'd be signs everywhere. Yeah, you'd be able to say, I'm at this exit. Yeah. Like. <laughs> but instead, it makes me think that he was in a very secluded area, maybe on back roads, mm-hmm. and he really could not see anything. It was just pitch black. Yeah. Um, but his parents did say that he was very avoidant, and he did not want to give them any information about where he was. Mm. So it's kind of strange. Um, he wasn't being, like, nasty or anything. Yeah. He was just being so secretive about yeah. it. At 2.09 a.m., with only a little over an hour drive left, Bryce calls Karen, who is anxiously waiting for him, and tells her that he's exhausted. Now, remember, at this point, Bryce was awake for roughly 30 hours. Yeah. Um, it was dark out, and he was scared he was going to fall asleep behind the wheel. Mm-hmm. So he told his mom that he was going to pull over and take a nap before continuing to drive. Because he, it was, like I said, it was dark out. He yeah. said there was no way he was making it home without falling asleep. So uh, she said that that was okay. Oh. I know. See, that's the point where, I mean, at this point, I already would have went and got him. But at that point, literally, yeah. like, okay, screw this. Especially <laughs> Come he was, and pick you up. Yeah, he was supposed to be home in an hour. Right. So it's not long. No. But yeah, so he, he, Karen thinks that he's pulling over and taking a nap. And this was the last phone call that Bryce made, and unfortunately, he never made it home that night. At 8 a.m. on August 30th, 2013, the police knocked on Bryce's parents' door and informed them that Bryce had been in a car accident. His vehicle was found in Castake Lake in California, which I googled, and it was only an hour and 20 minutes from Bryce's parents' house. So I cannot imagine how upsetting that would be to know that your son was so close to home and that's yeah. when he went missing, considering this seven-hour drive took him almost a whole day. Right. Suspiciously, Bryce was nowhere to be found. His body was not in the car, but all of his belongings were still inside the car, including his phone, laptop, and keys. But then how... He got in a car accident, right? Yeah. So how does the police, like, know? The, what happened? Was it a car accident by himself? Was it with another car? So, no, he... he I mean, I'll get into it, but... um. He basically drove off a thing into oh, a lake. Okay. So it was okay. a car accident into a lake. Yeah. It was just him. He was okay. the only car. I was about to say, how, like, if there was other people involved, how yeah. was, did he just disappear? <laughs> no, it was only him. Okay. Strangely, authorities found tire marks on the road leading up to the ledge of Castic Lake, which makes them believe that Bryce sped up very quickly instead of hitting the brakes, mm. which led them to believe that uh, he was purposely driving off the ledge. Yeah. All they could find that indicated that Bryce was there were two very small drops of blood which is definitely not enough blood loss for a serious accident or a death. Authorities found this strange because you'd think that there would be a lot more blood after a crash of this impact, especially because Bryce, when he went off the ledge, his car flipped and it was on its side. Okay, but it went into a lake? Yes. Was the lake big enough that the car's like under the water? It wasn't completely under the water, but it was 
It was definitely... It wasn't okay. super deep. Or, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike and Karen found a glimmer of hope when police further investigated the vehicle and found that the back window was knocked out. And mm. the way that it was broken indicated that somebody had cracked it from inside the vehicle. Yeah. So they did not believe this happened on the impact. Yeah. They said, most likely, um, they believe that whoever was inside the vehicle at the time broke it and got out. Mm -hmm. So that was, you know, really hopeful for yeah. Mike and Karen. Authorities are almost certain that Bryce survived the crash and escaped the car. They also found a duffel bag on the seat by the broken window that was unzipped, and they believe that Bryce took something with him before he exited the car. Okay. Now, nobody knew what he had packed in that bag, so to this day, we do not know what he took with him. Mm. When bloodhounds were brought in, they tracked Bryce's scent leaving the scene, traveling all the way across the river to the roadway traveling southbound. Interestingly, they picked up Bryce's scent again and tracked it traveling west down the roadway, and then they lost it at a truck stop area. Mm. So if the dogs were correct with the scent, Bryce really traveled far. And considering the scent is lost for a period of time and then picked up again, this indicates to authorities that Bryce most likely got into somebody's car, maybe he hitchhiked, and then he was dropped off uh, near the truck stop. Makes sense. Most likely, he also got into another vehicle at the truck stop since his scent was lost there as well. Yeah. This idea was further believed to be true after they thoroughly investigated the lake. No trace of Bryce was found, not even a footprint. And if he had walked by foot for a long time, most likely they would have found a footprint yeah. or something. No article of clothing were found either. Not even a thread or shoe or anything. I find this so weird because if he did get rides from people passing, assuming that they weren't malicious out to get him, uh, I feel like by now somebody would have come forward with some information. Yeah. Especially considering this was early morning hours. It's not like there were a lot of people out. Yeah. And he was, he did have red hair. He was distinct looking. Mm -hmm. And especially during these hours where nobody else was out, I feel like somebody would come forward by now. Yeah, I do think it's kind of odd just considering what time of the morning it was. There's only going to be so few drivers out at that point. Yeah. So I feel like it wouldn't be hard to track down the people that passed through the truck stop at that time. Definitely. And even more strangely, there was a security camera that picked up Bryce at 2.19am. He was driving. This was before his accident. Okay. And this same camera picked him up once again at 4.20am, which means that Bryce was driving around the same road for two hours. Yeah. And it's basically the road around the lake, and it, it's like a big loop. Yeah. So it's not like he was going anywhere. He was driving around in the same spot for two I mean, hours. To me, that indicates he's trying to think of some kind of plan. Yes, so. me too. This leads many to theorize that Bryce's car crash was a possible suicide attempt, mm -hmm. and maybe he was well, contemplating it. What? I mean, I don't think it was because he wouldn't have busted out the back window and came out and then they said he busted the window before the accident so it's not like no he, no he busted it after they think oh okay they think that he was inside the car and like busted it to get out oh, okay but a lot of people think that maybe you know it once it didn't once yeah, he, he it panicked. wasn't a suicide yeah. attempt and he panicked and then just got out yeah but who knows many others however believe that this could indicate that he was waiting to meet up with somebody and he was just wasting time until then i guess however there's no indication on his phone records of him meeting up with someone yeah. that night or calling somebody but still, this behavior is very odd, and every theory in this case holds weight, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. During the investigation, they did find a text that Bryce had sent to Sean the night he vanished. And this was only, like, an hour or so before he, his, he got into the car accident. Mm -hmm. He texted Sean, I love you, bro. Seriously. You're the best person I ever met. You saved my soul. And this was very out of the blue. Yeah. Sean, they didn't, like, talk like this a lot. Mm -hmm. So Sean kind of noted that it was a very strange text that yeah. he received. Oddly, only five days after Bryce vanished, on September 4th, 2013, police responded to a fire on Castake Lake where Bryce's car was discovered. There, they found the body of a deceased male that had been set on fire. And they really believed that it was Bryce at the time. 
However, the body was identified as another man, not Bryce. Right. But this is still very strange to me that two extremely odd incidents would occur in the same place yeah. in less than a week span. Yeah. Considering this was a very secluded area, it did not have a high crime rate. Mm-hmm. It's odd that that would happen. Yeah. Like, could they have been related? Who knows? Yeah. So aside from the suicide attempt theory and the belief that he was waiting to meet with someone, many theorize that Bryce suffered a psychotic break exasperated by Vivans, drinking, lack of sleep, you know, everything. Mm-hmm. And also, some people may think that he had been exhibiting signs of mental illness, like potential schizophrenia, because mm-hmm. age mm-hmm. of onset for schizophrenia is 20s, so mm-hmm. that's when most people start exhibiting, you know, symptoms. Mm-hmm. And he was 19, so it's not super far off. Yeah. And that could have, I don't know, it could have explained stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, know. I don't know. He could have had a mental illness. Yeah. Schizophrenia is kind of like an odd one to jump to. Mm-hmm. Like, he could have just been depressed. Yeah. Schizophrenia, to me, would seem like something harder for his parents to not realize was happening. I was going to say that too, because his, like I said, his personality change only happened four days before yeah, he went. Yeah, I can't imagine it being that sudden yeah. like that. I would imagine, I mean, of course, I don't know, yeah. <laughs> like, the psychology and stuff behind it, but, like, to me, it would, you would gradually yeah. start to, like, show signs of that and not just all of a sudden in four days, mm-hmm. unless, like, a combination of everything that he was doing at the time kind of, like, yeah. had it come like out strong yeah maybe who knows i mean honestly this case is so strange that anything makes sense yeah one of the most popular theories is that bryce hit his head during the crash and does not know who he is maybe he wandered off on the road and hitchhiked and he could very well still be out there and just not remember that's so random it it is random but when you think about it this reminds me a lot of lars matank remember that yeah true the most yeah the most popular theory in his disappearance is that he's still out there somewhere with amnesia yeah most likely homeless which is why nobody recognizes him Mm -hmm. and honestly this does not seem too out there yeah on the find priceless pizza facebook group that we were discussing earlier there was a photo circulating that somebody took of a homeless person who looked exactly like bryce and they did end up identifying him as another man so Mm. luckily he i'm not sure if he was returned like to his family or anything yeah but I remember when I first saw it, I was convinced that it was Bryce. Really? Yes. It looks exactly like him. So it's not too... I mean, obviously, he had long hair and a beard yeah. and everything. Yeah. But without all that, he looked exactly like Bryce. Hmm. So it's not too far off. Yeah. Still, even if he is out there, which I really believe he is, mm-hmm. this still does not explain his bizarre behavior leading up to his disappearance, which it appears came out of nowhere. Yeah. He was acting like himself all summer, and then all of a sudden, in a matter of a few days, Bryce was not himself anymore. At least one thing in this case is constant. The authorities working on it believe that Bryce is 100% alive, or at least that he survived the car crash. Mm. The theory that they have, which I believe is very likely too, is that Bryce does not want to be found. And I'll give you, uh, I'm gonna play a clip for you. It's actually from the main detective that was working on this case, and this is what he had to say. Detective Robert Martindale is convinced that Bryce is still alive. He's just not sure that he wants to be found. The fact that we haven't found any signs of Bryce or any activity of Bryce, I think he's just kind of wanted to get off the grid for a bit. I know in my heart he's out there somewhere. I just don't know where. Honestly, he brings up good points. Um, nothing has been found of Bryce's in eight years. Yeah. And if he was murdered, there's a good chance that something would have come up after that long. Mm-hmm. Plus, he gave away his Xbox, which he used every day, and his mom's earrings very shortly before he disappeared. Yeah. So he might have been planning to leave, at least even if it was last minute, maybe not the whole summer. Yeah. Maybe it was just something that happened. Days, yeah. yeah thing with this case that gets me is that so many people interact with Bryce before he vanished. Yeah. Christian from Roadside Assistance and the police officers still stand by their claim that Bryce was not a harm to himself and that he was not a risk. Yeah. His parents also said that he was coherent on the phone calls that he made. He didn't seem, I mean, maybe he was being a little short with them, but he didn't seem on anything or 
under duress. Mm -hmm. So it's strange to me that he was behaving so normally to those around him. Mm -hmm. So what do you think happened to Bryce? I, I, you know how usually when we have these kinds of cases, I don't usually believe the theory that people just up and disappear. Yeah. I never do. Mm -hmm. This one, I kind of believe it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just, I do think maybe some of the things that he were on, was on probably wasn't helping that situation. I think he had something going on mentally and that probably brought him out. Do I think that he was on stuff during these events? No. Okay. Because I do think it would have been detectable by somebody that came across him, whether it be his parents, the cop especially, like somebody would have been, okay, he's probably on something right now. But I think maybe that didn't help his situation to planning out, I'm going to do this. And he probably, like I said, did it as a suicide attempt and then changed his mind okay. kind of thing was able to get out and then at that point he was probably like well I don't want to go home after something like that or thinking like okay, that, that along sense. those lines yeah and then just disappeared from there so do you think that something happened in those four days that made him do that or do you think it was just mainly his like own mental health that was going I don't know if it would have been something specific mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like there was anything specific I mean the breakup with his girlfriend seemed to be initiated by his own behavior and not like an event that made him snap because he was already acting weird prior Mm -hmm. to that. So it's not like that end of the relationship. Like, and it doesn't seem to me that there's one particular event that he was running away from. Yeah. Because it's also four days, like in school, he's perfectly normal over the summer. Mm -hmm. And if things, weird things were happening in college, I feel like it would have happened in previous years because he was, wasn't a freshman. It wasn't like, no, yeah, he was a sophomore. So things would have already been happening in college. Like, I don't know. To me, it would be weird that something in just those four days would like make him, oh, I gotta leave. Like I gotta go. So do you think that, I mean, I think it's obvious that we both agree that he got out of the car. Yeah. Do you think that he is still out there or that something happened to him along the way? I think it's very possible that he's still alive. Mm -hmm. I mean, of course it is possible that he isn't Mm -hmm. but but there's no evidence it's the evidence thing that gets to me like right if something happened to him something would have turned up at some point Mm -hmm. but i also think it's possible that he did hitchhike a ride out of the truck stop and that truck driver just never told anybody about it yeah or that they hurt him because i feel like if they didn't hurt him and they just really gave him a ride they would just come forward yeah but also they might not want to if people are going to become suspicious you were the last person Mm -hmm. that saw this person that disappeared and no one knows where they are now that's true actually yeah so i don't i mean i would but like i can see why somebody would not want to yeah that makes come forward with that information i mean that is the most hopeful theory that's the one i I, yeah i hope happened out of all of them i mean like i like it's weird to agree with the most hopeful one because Mm -hmm. usually that's one's just like a dream like you hope that's the case but to me it seems like the most likely well if you have any information that could help investigators find bryce call 949-292-4400 or email findbricelesspizza at gmail.com hey queens welcome back to the second half of this week's episode In this week's episode, I will be talking about the face on Mars. Now, I showed you the picture, but you said you'd never seen the picture before. I've never seen it, which I'm surprised about. It's really, really popular. We'll post a picture of it, but I promise you guys have probably seen it before. Yeah. It's one of the most famous, just NASA-released pictures. So like I said, it's extremely popular and recognizable, and one that I've seen many times before. And since I love a good extraterrestrial life theory, Mm -hmm. I figured it would be a fun one for me to dive into this week. When is this picture from? the 70s okay 
So it's an older picture. There are obviously updated pictures of the same location that I'll get into a little bit. It's、okay. not the only photo of this location, but it's been around long enough, and that's why it's been so ingrained in pop culture that it's become so popular. The photo itself is a picture from the Sidonia region of Mars. This area is considered an albedo area of Mars, which means that its light and dark shadows and contrast can be seen with a telescope from Earth. Okay. So basically, when you look at Mars and it's not completely smooth, that's what makes it that kind of region because you can see it from Earth. The area is known for its different hills and valleys, which make it much more distinguishable than the other hemispheres on Mars. It is also believed that the Sidonia was once a coastal area, since the northern hemisphere before it is full of craters. Which is believed to have been ocean beds at a time. That's so interesting to me. It's. I'll get into it at the end because I talk about it again at the end. But like, I am fully convinced that Mars like was just like Earth. Yeah. And, like was fully inhabitable, or at least had the ability to be inhabitable. By. Do you think that people lived on it before? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I do too. Yeah. But everybody well, thinks I'm crazy. When I say yeah.、That. Well, I have a whole section at the end where I just talk about that because <laughs> I fell into like a rabbit hole of、uh-huh. looking into that stuff once I read that. So like, we'll get into it a little bit. <laughs> So the images of this region were taken on July twenty fifth, nineteen seventy six, by the Viking One orbiter. One of the photos featured a Sidonia Mesa, which is a flat-topped hill. Interestingly, they believe these hills would have been formed similar to how glaciers were formed on, formed on Earth, which is crazy to me because again, it shows how Mars really truly、mm-hmm. was a good environment for people to live in. So basically, it would have been. Like erosion on mountains, just how glaciers get pushed out, it would have been the same exact formation on Mars. This hill, in the photo at least, appeared to have a human face, and this is the one that became popularized in the media. It's also worth noting that there are specks and dots around the face or the hill. However, that is just from data processing on the film of the photograph. Okay, so before I get into any theories or speculation that came out from the public. First, I'll give the explanation that is approved by NASA and scientists. The face has been dismissed as an optical illusion. Specifically, it is known as the pareidolia phenomenon. This illusion is when people place meaningful interpretations onto a visually ambiguous shape. Now, the most common example of this would be when people look at clouds and they say it looks like a certain shape. They、yeah. can see things in the clouds. That kind of illusion is the same thing that transfers over to this case. Now, without getting into the deep scientific reasoning for why people do this, obviously because I do not know it, <laughs> it's basically that faces and emotions are perceived and activated in the brain faster than other objects and things would be.、Uh-huh. So anything that can be perceived or interpreted into a face will happen quickly in your brain. That's so interesting because anytime I look at a cloud, if I look for like three seconds, I see a、yeah. face. And the Example that I read when I was looking at it, which was fascinating to me, was do you know like the emoji with just Two flat lines and a flat mouth.、Yeah. These three little lines. The first thing we see, oh, that's obviously a face, but、mm-hmm. it's really just three lines. Yeah, that's crazy. Because our brains work overtime to put meaning onto visuals that really don't mean anything、mm-hmm. at all. So I just thought that was an interesting tidbit. <laughs> so also, as time has gone on, more images with higher resolution have been taken and released to the public of this specific area. After taking the images on the higher resolution Mars Global Surveyor, it was said by NASA that quote a detailed analysis of multiple images of this feature reveals a natural-looking Martian hill whose illusion face-like appearance depends on the viewing angle and angle of illumination. So, is there multiple angles that are taken in the picture? Yes. Okay. In some other photos, it does not look like 
a perfect face like that. It definitely still has like dips in it yeah. and shadows in it. But from that particular angle is the one that this is clearly a face. Mm-hmm. If you look at it from different angles, it still has a face-like shape, but it's not as, wow, that's a face okay. <laughs> as the original one from the 70s. Okay. Now I'm going to talk about the person that had the most significant effect on the theory and its popularization with the public. That would be Richard C. Hoagland, who is a fascinating character all in himself. <laughs> he is an author from Jersey. Is he who, still alive? Yes. Okay. He's 74, I believe it was. Wow. He's an author from Jersey, who was one of the biggest conspiracy theorists towards most prolifically NASA. He specialized in theories about space. Mm-hmm. Now, before I get any deeper into him, I will say that there have been valid accusations against him that he has plagiarized and stolen some theories from other scientists, so it takes a little bit of his credibility away. And although he has experience in planetarium and astrology work, he has no higher education past high school. Okay. However, he really (laughs) was used by the media to be a science voice. Mm-hmm. He was on a bunch of radio stations. He had his own radio show. Pretty sure he has podcasts. <laughs> so he really was used by the media as an important figure in the astrology community when he may not have been. Yeah. But why him? Is kind of seems random. He, I mean, if you listen to some other scientists, he was taking other things, but it seems like he sensationalized a lot and he had such big wild ideas that people will latch on to that easier Mm -hmm. and will latch on to that kind of story faster okay he has made several claims outside of the face on mars however his views on this subject are certainly his most famous he claims the government is hiding information about the face in an apparent cover-up for something bigger at play Hmm. the basis of this cover-up is rooted in the brooks report This report was done by the Brooks Institute in collaboration with NASA's Committee on Long Range Studies. So wait, so how old was he when he started talking about this? So he had, like, to be fair to him, because I am very much like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He did have his first jobs in the science field out of high school. He worked in planetariums. He worked as a science lector. Mm -hmm. So he does, did work his way up a little bit in the science field. And it seems like he started a lot of that work in his 20s. Okay, that makes sense. Now, the point of this report, the Brooks Report, was to research the possible public relations effects and public reaction to the discovery of extraterrestrial life. Basically, what would happen? How would people react Mm. to that kind of information? That's so interesting. Right. It's interesting to me that they feel like they would need to make that kind of report, which makes me feel like there is that kind of information and we're trying to research, okay, should we tell them, should we not? Yeah. Conspiracy theorists that believe in government cover-ups can easily use the study to support their claims. The study does discuss how much information should be held secret and how much information should be nitpicked and double-checked before being released to the public. So using this, Hoagland was able to have proof that NASA may hold back information, which, let's be real, like the government a thousand percent does this. I don't need a report to tell me that. (laughs) I feel like it's almost logical to believe that they would do that kind of Mm -hmm. thing almost understandable because can you imagine how the whole public would react if literally you said oh there's aliens walking among us yeah it would be a whole frenzy right so i can understand it but also i think if they are out there i think it's fair for us to know that information Mm -hmm. it may be if if it's going to pose an immediate threat we should know (laughs) if not we should at least know that they exist yeah even if they're not walking among us you know yeah but you know but i think we would react a lot differently than generally like people would that's why you're saying that. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, most people would freak out. Right. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't freak out, but it's also because in my head they already exist. Yeah, exactly. Even if they don't, I don't personally. I don't think there's aliens walking on Earth right now. Okay, but I do think they're out there. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't like shock me if the government was like, "Oh yeah, they're yeah, out there." Exactly. Which again, at some point, we will talk about everything that's oh, going we on <laughs> with the government right now because the government basically right now is just saying, "Oh yeah, there's aliens." Yeah, they're for sure. <laughs> recently, they've just been giving out information. Yes. I think it's because. Well, we'll get into it when we do our YouTube channel. Yes. But I think it has a lot to do with the, the state of the world right now. Yes. Nothing is surprising. Right. So they're just <laughs> telling everything. Everybody is so numbed. Yes. To weird like news stories. Like, last year. That they figured this is probably a good time to just mm-hmm. get it out now. So, anyway. We'll get into that. <laughs> Hoagland's theory around the face on Mars revolves around the idea of the existence, or at the very least, a past existence, of a civilization on Mars. He believes that in the Sidonia region on Mars, a complex civilization once existed with pyramids and other large advanced structures, and that the face on Mars was a part of these advanced structures. Besides this theory, many people have pointed to the fact that scientists have gone back many, many times to retake photos of this specific area, even though from the very first photo, from the very beginning, they claimed that there was nothing to the photos. Yeah. Now, I do think it's reasonable, just... As exploration of Mars, to me, quite honestly, I feel is kind of important. However, I can see why some raise speculations surrounding this. Mm-hmm. It's also worth mentioning that I found photos taken by Euros- European space agencies. Many Europeans actually said that they do not believe NASA's explanation and was wondering why Europe's space agencies were not looking into the face. Hmm. They claimed, however, that dust and debris had been blocking the location for them to be able to take photos, and they were ultimately able to get photos of the area as recently as 2006. But there was a couple years there that the public was like, why aren't we taking photos of this? Like, Mm -hmm. that photo's weird. I don't trust America's. Like, I want to see everybody's space agency try to get a photo of it. Mm -hmm. So they ultimately were able to. It took a while for them, which was weird, but they did ultimately get photos of it. Scientists have also raised the question of why this particular image is speculated around so much when there are actually several other cases of images being spotted in other areas of Mars that look either like faces or other images. Mm -hmm. I think this one was so popularized personally just because in the 70s, especially, that's only a little after the walk on the moon, space exploration was at a high in people's minds, Mm -hmm. and it was so new that I think they saw that kind of photo and ran with it just because of how popular that area of study was at the time. But it's true. I looked at other photos that it was, that's literally a face. Yeah. (laughs) So this is not even, yes. Wow. I also think a lot of the popularization of this specific photo has to do with just how popular it became in pop culture. The amount of references it has had in movies and shows is countless. Just to name a few of the popular ones, it's been talked about in the X-Files, Phineas and Ferb. Mm, Actually? <laughs> yes. I love that show. <laughs> Futurama and Invader Zim. Wow. <laughs> so it, clearly it's been in a bunch. There's also a million other shows, but I can only list a few. Mm-hmm. It's also been mentioned a bunch in comic books and in video games. Also, just interesting side note, I saw that Jack Kirby, who besides Stan Lee was like the big creator and artist over at Marvel, created a comic titled The Face on Mars which was actually about a face on Mars that turned out to be proof of an ancient civilization, and Mm. he wrote this before the photo was released. Mm, Interesting. So kind of a (laughs) Simpsons predicting the future kind of situation. (laughs) But 
So that's all the information on the specific photo and face on Mars I have. Honestly, my favorite part of looking into this theory, like I said, is just how much Mars probably looked like Earth ages ago. Yeah. Like I said before, I fell into a little bit of a hole looking into that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. it just made me want to do even more space and extraterrestrial theories as time goes on. So, so when, what years do they think that this civilization existed? Ancient, like thousands and probably millions of yeah. years ago. Yeah, I mean, honestly. I believe it because Mars does look like Earth a lot. Yeah, I mean, you could, t- I don't think there was any recent civilization yeah. on Mars one because I feel like at some point we would have bumped into them now, mm-hmm. no matter how advanced their technologies would be. Oh, you mean people being there now? Yeah. Yeah. Also, just based off of the geology of it, you could tell these hills and stuff like that are from years and years and years of erosion mm-hmm. and there's, the ocean beds are completely dry. Like it's So there used to be water on it then? Yeah. Okay. That would make sense. Yeah. So I mean, it's just so happened? fascinating to me. I have no idea. You think just went extinct? I don't know. Yeah. It's according to how advanced you think. Because some people could just buy into their single-celled organisms yeah. on Mars, which is obviously the most believable mm-hmm. of extraterrestrial life. Just cells. Yeah. Not full-functioning, advanced species. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's very possible that what's probably going to happen here on Earth probably happened on Mars at some point. <laughs> just the advanced people that live there kind of destroyed the planet yeah. as time has gone on. And I mean, it moved makes somewhere sense. else. Yeah. So that's my thoughts on that. I'll yeah. definitely speak more about it because every single time I do a space theory, it just drives me absolutely crazy mm-hmm. and I want to do more of them. It's terrifying. <laughs> you should also look into ocean theories because that scares me more yes. than space. Yes, because... We know more we, about space right. than we know about the ocean. Which is absolutely mad because one of them is literally on the planet that I know. we're on. <laughs> so I 100% about? will. Okay. And anything about like the great unknowns kind of things yeah. spook me out, but I still enjoy looking into them. Yeah, so. me too. If you have any theories about space or just any other theories that you want me to talk about, definitely send them our way. And keep an eye out for our YouTube channel. We'll yes. be talking about the recent uh, UFO and, and alien stuff going yes, on with the government. because it's crazy what's going on right now, yeah. and I've been dying to talk about it. I haven't talked about it since the very, very first episode of the show, so we'll definitely be speaking more about it. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed. Tune in every Friday for more mystery and madness. Bye, queens.